So now I give you the dead man, the phenom, ladies and gentlemen, the Undertaker. Creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 172 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of autism, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your creatures of the night, one of your co-hosts here, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. His eyes are just bleeding over there from ingesting so much Undertaker content into them over the past 30 days. I don't know how he's still standing, uh, but his name is Mr. Travis White. And Travis, tonight we are closing out our celebration of the 30 days of the Dead Man, the 30th anniversary of the Dead Man with a very special episode. We're going to talk about this month-long celebration that The Undertaker has been on. We're going to hit all his WWE Network specials, all his specials outside of the network. But, I mean, besides The Undertaker, I think we should also honor another man who had his 30th anniversary celebration at the Survivor (laughs) Series this Sunday because the gobbledygooker got his due as well, became a champion in the WWE this Sunday. I mean, a man who's tied to The Undertaker throughout all of history. What a legend. Has there ever been another person who debuted and then didn't win a title or a match until 30 years later? I I don't think think so. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you were retweeting one of our fans. I can't remember who it was. They wrote the Boyhood Dream Come Alive for Boyhood <laughs> Dreams Come True, and it was Godwin Gooker from 90 in 2020. And, yeah, congratulations to Mr. Gooker. Um, you know, you look great, buddy. You look fantastic. Like you hadn't aged a bit. I mean, you were you were, you know, hopping around and doing all the moves just fine. I, I just – you haven't lost a step. So, um, good job. Congratulations to you. And it's a shame that they didn't do 30 years of the Gooker on – the network. Maybe we'll get 31 years of Gooker next year. So. Well, GFY, Gobbledygooker, GFY exactly. to you. 
but I mean, it is. It has been a wild month. It has been impossible to keep up uh, yes. everywhere that The Undertaker has been popping up. We thought it was just going to be these WWE Network specials, but you know, he's been in magazines, he's been in newspapers, he's been on YouTube shows and podcasts. There's been so much stuff to cover, Travis, and I, it's so crazy because we we've always said this podcast is sort of a you know, it's an exploration not just of The Undertaker's career, but the evolution of the wrestling industry in general. And right. I, I just think back to those early 90s days, and wrestling was such a joke and such an afterthought in mainstream popular culture. I, I remember I would, anytime a wrestler was going to show up on like Regis and Kathy Lee or or The Tonight Show or, or some random talk show or something on MTV, I, I would have to set the VCR and I would oh, know yeah. about it every time it happened because it was so rare. And I thought it was right. so cool to get something, uh, the real world acknowledging professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And here we are 30 years later and all of these media outlets, all of these shows, yeah. they are just salivating over getting The Undertaker on their show. They're fighting to get him on there, and he's everywhere this month. It's just crazy to me how much the world has changed. He's everywhere, man. And, I mean, just like Johnny Cash, you know, he's been everywhere, man. But, like, also, it's just just kind of piggybacks on our discussion last week about they didn't do this. for. I mean, granted, Austin retired in 2003, but, like, even, you know, recently they haven't done this for like austin you know they don't do it for the rock right now i know he's a different he's a different guy but like they just they don't do this for people like most wrestlers but like with taker he is such an icon you know he's he's such a presence and i think part of the reason these guys are jones informed is because he doesn't do this stuff you know until now so it's it's really cool and yeah it's just great to see pop culture saturated with taker him on youtube on because dude the usa today that's right. insane to me, man. <laughs> yeah. Insane. I remember in our hometown, you know, getting the Augusta Chronicle, the paper, and there was a section on Sundays with the wrestling. And they would have, like, you know, kind of kayfabe stuff or kind of behind-the-scenes dirt sheet stuff. And, like, that was, like, gold to me. But it was this little yes. tiny section in the corner on Sundays only. And, <laughs> like, that was it. And, like, that was pre-internet or, like, internet was in its infancy. And so, like, but now it's, like, Taker is on USA Today. And other publications, too, that we'll, we'll discuss. But it's just, it is insane, man. Insane. Well, that's just... so much stuff. So, so much, much kept stuff. kept texting all week, like, oh, brother, I can't fucking finish all this. <laughs> like, there's so much to do. Uh, like, yeah. I want to do it, but like, I didn't want it to become homework. But, like, I want to see it all. Right. But, like, I've only got 24 hours in a day, too, you know? <laughs> no. We felt a responsibility as the oh, only yeah. podcast dedicated to the Undertaker's career to try to watch as much of it as we could and cover as much as we could. Uh, the, we didn't. We didn't get to all of it, I'm sure. But we did pick out some of our favorite things here. We tried to watch as much as we can. And um, what we wanted to do tonight was try to give you an overview of all of this stuff. Since it is, I mean, it's unprecedented. And it just speaks mm-hmm. to the legacy of this man that we've been covering uh, for the past three years and this 30-year career. Yeah. And um, so we, we thought, oh, you know, we'll just talk about these 30 Days of the Dead Man specials on the network work uh and we will we'll, we'll get to those um we, we won't do like a like we did with the last ride we won't go beat by beat through all right. those specials but we'll talk about some of our Hit highlights spots yeah 
And uh, we are going to talk about the Survivor Series tonight and the farewell Mm -hmm. taker moment on there and give some thoughts on that uh, at the end of the show as well. Uh, But, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we start with some of these just random appearances throughout pop culture that we've seen The Undertaker uh, in over the past month and uh, throw them out there. You know, we encourage you guys to go check them out and go listen to them in your free time. Maybe we're making you aware of some of them. Um, You know, one thing we let's start with this. Let's talk about all of the Undertaker 30 merchandise that has become available over this past month and you have gotten me some of it i'm wearing my undertaker hat uh with the uh, undertaker 30 logo on Mm -hmm. it i got the undertaker mug you got me that i opened on the show i got that undertaker foam urn uh but there is so much more and i think the craziest thing of all may be the Snoop Dogg Undertaker <laughs> collaborations. Did you see this, Travis? Yes. And I, I just I remember saying, like, I didn't know that that's what my life was missing, was a crossover between Snoop D-O-double-G and The Undertaker. But now that I've seen it and my eyes have feasted on it, I don't know what the world would be like without it. I can't fathom Uh a 2020 without seeing ain't nothing but a tea thing, baby. Like I can't imagine <laughs> what it would be like not having seen that shirt. I mean, that is just. What's up, brother? How you doing, loved one? Man, I'm good. You getting right? I stay right. You know, I had to get right before talking to you, man. I couldn't come <laughs> on here halfway together. Oh, it's all good, man. I got my, <laughs> I got my whole crew waiting on me to. Drink a, little, drink a little whiskey tonight, so that's the ready for you, you, on, you on that whiskey? Yeah, man, you know, that, that, that other stuff, I eat too much. <laughs> I, I, ain't got the, I ain't got those good genes like you, brother. I got the, I blow up like a marshmallow. <laughs> I, got, I got that Indian blood, so when I drink whiskey, I turn into something different. Yeah, well, I'm good as long as it's whiskey. Now, if it's tequila or anything like that, then it, you might as well just leave me alone. Cause yes, sir. It's going to be a long night for somebody. You better know it. Golly, that's insane to me. But Snoop, big WWE fan, does suck. He is. The theme song, cousin of hers, whatever. Second cousin, whatever. Uh, like, Hall of awesome. Famer. Hall of Famer, WWE dude. WWE yeah. Hall yeah. of Famer, man. Yeah. I guess it's not that crazy when I think about the fact that he's You're in the right. Hall of yeah. Fame, man. Uh, but yeah, there is some. Uh, you said it. Nothing but a tea thing. T-shirts. Bro, uh, O D O G T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> there's like some cartoon graphics of Snoop and Taker and a lowrider on a T-shirt. This is real. This network. is real. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a tea thing, and it's just them two driving around. Compton. Snoop <laughs> ride along with Taker and Snoop Dogg. Man. <laughs> oh man. Good lord. Get the godfather in there and call it high times or something <laughs> well uh maybe they could go sit in their adirondack chairs that Ooh, uh were released yes. uh i don't I, I didn't see i don't know what company put these is, is it yeah, WWE? Me neither. hold on I'm, I'm using the google I machine here you know and we'd also talk I mean, even before this month but kind of for this month there was the wwe wines that came out you know with yes. Taker. so that was kind of the precursor to all this extra stuff there was an ultimate warrior and an Undertaker one, and they sent out a memo the other day saying, "Who else did you want to? Would you like to see as a new wine?" So, um, so the anyway. website is mycustomsportschair.com. 
Undertaker.com. Uh, so it's actually <laughs> wow. all, it's WWE. Uh, it's not just Undertaker. So you can get multiple uh, WWE superstars on a lawn chair uh, starting from $350. Wow. <laughs> for the uh, for the really uh, uh, well-to-do WWE fan <laughs> who wants yeah, to have that really. backyard barbecue. Uh, it, but it's go perfect for our backyard barbecue it with would. Taker, with uh, Schmitty's family barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> So that's out there. Um, we saw on the Broken Skull sessions with with Stone Cold. He he showed off that wine and also showed off that new uh, commemorative championship belt mm-hmm. on there, which is pretty sweet looking. Uh, mm-hmm. I bet I bet some of our listeners might have picked something like that up. Uh, it's like Winged Eagle inspired. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, man. You can see the taker was cool. he he said I hadn't seen it before. So Austin was shilling it on there for the WWE like a like a pro, but um yeah I thought it was it was pretty cool looking because it was that winged eagle you know I thought that was really really neat so uh, we saw some of the other they they put a title out a year or two ago mm-hmm. inspired by Undertaker we saw a few of those at that autograph signing we went yep to. we did we sure did and that's pretty pretty cool to get that signed by the dead man and uh, we also saw back at that autograph signing Travis. That old school 96, 95, 96 denim jacket, that WWF denim jacket with the Undertaker's picture with the purple gloves on the back. I don't know if you saw this, but Chalkline released a replica of that for Undertaker's anniversary. Denim Undertaker jacket uh, for the first time in 25 years. So good, man. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I knew they have plenty of WWE jackets. I didn't know they released that oh, particular yeah. one. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna look it up right now. Pretty, they got pretty all neat. kind of crazy stuff, man. Uh, there are so many T-shirts and hats and posters on WWE.com. Thirty Days of the Dead, man. It's all really cool stuff. Uh, I, mm-hmm. You know, if I had uh, money to burn, uh, there's a bunch of that stuff on there. I would love to pick up. Uh, I really love the old school stuff. Uh, yeah, the old school inspired throwback kind of stuff on there. Um, there's like a, um, I guess it's copying like Pro Wrestling Crate or some of those other subscription boxes. They have an Undertaker box that has a exclusive T-shirt, some little mini mm, figures, nice. and then some replica gloves, the tie, and the Phantom mask like Taker wore uh, back in oh, the nineties, awesome. yeah. um, and. Yeah, uh, he's got. Uh, you you said you you tried to pick up the Last Ride DVD last week, but you yeah, so it find came it? out. It was supposed to be Walmart exclusive like a month earlier, and so I went to my local Walmart, and they didn't. Ha- I checked online the night before and said it'd be available, and I went out uh, last. I guess it was Tuesday uh, after work to go get it. I was going to unbox it here on the show last week, and uh, and um didn't. They did not have it. They have it at a, a store about a half an hour from me, but I haven't got a chance to go down there. Yeah, I was a little disappointed at my local Walmart. Thanks a lot. But yeah, it is at Walmart, and you can get it online at walmart.com. But uh, I think one of our listeners, Randy Turco, did did buy it on the release day, and he put it on, on, on social media. So yeah, we know it's out there, but I was a little disappointed I couldn't get it. I still have not got it yet, so... Yeah, I have not seen that at my Walmart either. I have not seen the new Undertaker figures that are supposed to be out. There's supposed to be a big Ooh. 
Undertaker display at, at some Walmarts, and I've seen pictures of it online. I've I live in Atlanta, and I, I've been to like five or six Walmarts around here, and have not seen it anywhere. Uh, the figure situation at Walmarts around me has been uh, severely lacking. They haven't not mm-hmm. updated stuff. They've got like. Uh, I don't know, like Luther Reigns on the shelf, man. It's just like <laughs> sweet Melissa. Yeah, thrift store. <laughs> I may, I may have went to yeah. Walmart scratching it. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been to the wrong place. <laughs> oh man, I've got like babyface yeah. Sammy, Sammy Zayn still sitting on the shelf. No, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, they re- revealed a new, I guess. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are WWE Mattel like elite uh, whatever like um, ambassadors or whatever the, yeah. their title is, and they released a new you know they announced a new WWE uh, elite Undertaker figure which looks sweet. I mean it's really really cool looking man. The uh, the Boneyard one. Yeah, the Boneyard yeah. one looks oh, awesome, man. And you knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah, it looks it looks awesome. It looks really cool. So they did a great job with that. And how cool for like Gargano and Candice LeRae, big big you know just wrestling fans and you know just nerds and love you know comic books and 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 wrestling and, right. and star wars and avengers i mean they're just and they're just you got to be geeking out man to be able to really announce that new figure like that's really cool for them too absolutely man uh it, yeah that's a must-have a must-get add to any undertaker collection to have a, yeah. that unique figure added in there and uh, i'm sure there'll be many more uh throughout the years uh they'll continue uh <laughs> milking that till it runs dry no no but, doubt uh, so yeah that's kind of uh, an overview of some of the exclusive merchandise i thought it would just be fun to, to look back yeah. at some of that stuff uh but then like we said he's been everywhere there's been so many appearances by the undertaker podcast youtube shows uh i'm sure that we that we missed some and some even flew under our radar uh but let's talk about some of the some of the major ones that we sh- saw him on um what you mentioned it man usa today yeah like he's in yeah. uh, he gets like a full page spread in the national newspaper mm-hmm. that and then People magazine that one like blew my mind. I was like, he and it's not like a taker shot. It's like a Mark Calloway at home. Yeah, family with man. Michelle and what's her daughter named Kara? Kaya. 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 Yeah. Like it's like that, and I was just like, it looked like from like, I don't know, man. It's just 1994. Travis is like, what is going on? Like I, can't, I don't understand. Like, um, but again, it's it's cool and it's cool to have been on this ride with each other and with our fans and with Taker, honestly, and with just how much has come out this year content wise from him and just peeling back the curtain and just to see that was actually, it was, I mean, I, Steve Austin said it in the, uh, the last ride or the broken school session. He's, I hate to use the word surreal, but it's surreal. It really was like seeing him in people magazine as himself. Super surreal to me, man. Just crazy. It looked like he was trying out for a E reality show. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it looked yeah. it is so bizarre to see him we'll cooking pancakes. Oh my god. <laughs> no way, dude. We got the intellectual property on that. Uh, <laughs> we can but, be bought. Yeah. Man, we pr- everybody kidding. has a price. Uh, yeah, pretty freaking wild to see that. Yeah. Never thought we'd see it. And and again, that just Yeah, 1994 Travis, 1994 Alex. 
you didn't see stuff like that. I mean, Mm-mm. Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger, they were not appearing in People magazine, you know. Right. Or if they were, they were being made fun of because wrestling mm-hmm. was such a joke and so laughable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I've got uh, Undertaker on the cover of TV Guide over here from uh, 25 years ago because right. it was such a big deal. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to get all these TV Guide. Oh, yeah. Like, this was unheard of. I can't believe wrestling's on the cover of this of this major magazine. So yep. to have him treated like like a Matthew McConaughey or, or a or Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just, it's wild, dude. And uh, he appeared uh, on this very popular YouTube show. Uh, I'm sure many of our fans are, are, or many of our listeners are fans of it as well, called Hot Ones, uh, where uh, the celebrities go on here and they answer questions, eating uh, progressively hotter uh, hot wings. And it's, just, it's one of the biggest shows on YouTube, so it's a big deal that Undertaker would be invited onto yeah. the show. It's huge with uh, with millennials, uh, with the youngs, with the youths on YouTube. Uh, the youth of the nation. The youth of the nation. Uh, I've seen it a few times. It's not like a show that I watch regularly, but I, but I have seen it on YouTube before. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of this? I watched the whole thing. I've never seen it before. I knew Austin was on it previously. I think he's the only other wrestler that had been on there. I'm not I mistaken. Think so. Yeah. Um, I knew I'd seen some clips of Austin being on there, but I never really cared for the show because that dude. I'm sorry, but that host is a square dude. Like he, to me, in my opinion, I just, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I can't. He. I don't know, man. He has like no charisma to me. He's like he's a great interviewer, I guess. He has good questions. He I does ask I like good questions. questions. Yeah. But he has yeah. no charisma, man. Like at all. I just can't. I can't do that. So. Um, but that being said, I watched the whole interview. I really enjoyed it, and I got some a couple highlights I want to hit, but I'll hear what you guys yeah, say. Yeah, go first. for it. Yeah, go for it. Well, first of all, again, you said they, they drink increasingly, you know, high, uh, or, you know, progressively higher, you know, uh, uh, or spicier wings, or they eat it. But yeah. Taker never drinks the milk. He never, never drinks, drinks the it. milk. And never drinks it. And, like, that's the man right there, dude. Because he he, he 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 wanted to. He goes for it. Yeah, he, he goes, goes for it one it, time. He's like, he nope. I, I told yeah. myself I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. That is stupid. Very stupid. Why? <laughs> I think for this show only. It tastes like a yak's ass on fire. <laughs> Why all the It is just. It is not even. It's not even hit its peak yet. Still growing, still growing. Oh yeah, it's still, it's smoldering, and it's it's just yeah, it's uh, uh there go the hiccups. Yeah, I know those all too well. What? <laughs> Who puts that? Who puts that on? Out of uh, out of Kansas City, if you're if you're if you're curious. But um, one of the questions, the uh, what's whatever the the guy's name is, he uh, says Sean top, Sean Evans is his name. All right, Sean Mooney. One of the questions he says is, <laughs> "Top of your head, who's the best technical wrestler?" And do you remember Taker's answer? Double A. Double A. Yeah. Which threw me for a loop. I didn't yeah. think he would say that. You know? No, nah, I thought for sure he'd say Hitman or, or Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he went with Arn, man, and Arn had a really nice, sweet response on uh, via social media to that. You know, I think he was taken. Uh, aback by it as well, you know. 
Um, and the guy, Sean Mooney, asked him, top of your head, who's the, who has the best physical ability you've ever seen? Just top of your head. And his answer was? Brock Lesnar. I mean, God, and yeah, I, I knew that was going to come out <laughs> yeah. of his mouth. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I thought he may have said Kurt, but like forgetting Brock, but I knew he'd eventually get Brock out. But he, no, he was just, oh, it's Brock Lesnar, dude. Like you just, and it's true. I don't, I'm sorry. Like say what you want about Brock and his schedule, but he has the best physical ability a wrestler has ever had probably. Yeah. (laughs) Just, just all of it in one. But, um, and then this was a cool part. I thought the guy, Sean Mooney asked him top of your head, like what's the, putting you on the spot the four best matches to build a solid foundation in wrestling. Like what, maybe not the best matches ever, but like what, if you, if you are introducing a fan, like what's the foundation of wrestling? What are the four best matches? And he says, first one, Steamboat Savage from WrestleMania three, which duh, like, right. I mean, that's, sure. yeah. that's, that's gotta be there again. People have since later found out that like it was totally scripted you know savage had every every single thing written down and they rehearsed it but whatever like it's still a flawless match um then he says any rick flair harley race match which i love that because that's nwa stuff man it's not wwe sports right. and that's nwa real gritty you thought it was real back then you know like blood guts nasty just grimy and so i love that taker is still a fan that's what he grew up on you know so that was cool. And then obviously he says, I hate to be, you know, uh, whatever for myself, but you know, you got to go with me and Sean versus at WrestleMania 25, which again, perfect. You can't and argue then, that. Yeah. And then he says, you know, the recent match, uh, edge and Orton from backlash, which was billed as the greatest wrestling match ever. And I don't, did you ever get around to watching? I have not match? watched it. And I was surprised that he had, you know, like it's, it's really yeah. neat that he, um, was keeping up with things enough that he, he raved about it on like a that. podcast after that. I remember, I don't remember whose podcast, but he talked about how he's like that was insane. And I remember telling you, like, you 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 say something's the greatest match of all time. You're never going to live up to it. I'm not saying it was, but it was two pros wrestling and telling a story in the ring. And we've seen several instances this year of really good storytelling. And those two guys told a great story. And I agree with Taker again. Those wouldn't be the top four off on, on our list. Probably Taker Sean would, but like. I thought it was cool to hear that come from Taker and just the respect he gave to all these different eras, you know, was pretty cool. Yeah, man. I I enjoyed hearing Undertaker talk as a fan because we hear him talk so much about his iconic Mm -hmm. moments and his matches, which, yeah, I want to hear about that, of course. Uh, but it's really neat to hear that side of him, um, and that's why this was this was probably one of the better uh, podcasts and interviews to check out from yeah. Undertaker over this time. Um, I think you and I probably get jaded a little bit because we we listen and, and try to watch everything Undertaker does. So sure. it's like, okay, I've heard him tell this story right. um, twenty times, but you know, for someone, there's a lot of people who watch Hot Ones who probably. Who might not know who Undertaker is, or yeah, they just subscribe to the channel and watch it. Everything, yeah, they yeah. watched wrestling in the Attitude Era, and yeah. like it's like, oh, cool, I remember this guy, Undertaker, and I haven't yeah. seen him in 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 twenty years, so it's, it's cool for them to hear mm-hmm. this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I thought that was really enjoyable, and uh, I was gonna point out one. I did listen to, uh, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but he's on the Sports Illustrated Media podcast. Uh, mm. on here and that's another it's kind of what i'm saying it's like okay I've, I've heard him say all this stuff before so this wasn't one of my favorite ones but uh, it happened last week and i did think it was interesting on there that uh, the interviewer asked him uh do you know what's going on for survivor series like what can you tell us about what you're gonna right. be doing there and Tager's like 
brother, you know about as much as I do <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to have a microphone at some time and, and I'm going to walk out of the ring at some point, but yeah. Vince hadn't told me anything yet. Right. And, uh, I just thought that was funny, uh, considering what what did happen at Survivor Series, which we'll yeah. talk about, and what we, we both have our opinions on. So, yeah. uh, just wanted to point that out. Uh, it's on the you know, you search for Sports Illustrated Media podcast. I see he's on there for like twenty five, thirty minutes or so. Uh, it's not. It's always fun to hear him talk, but uh, there wasn't anything groundbreaking really in that one. Uh, and then I know. Uh, you are a, a fan of Sam Roberts' show. I did not get a chance to watch this one. Uh, did you get a chance to see them on the on the network? I saw most of it. Um, I skipped to the very beginning part. Well, not the okay. I want to encourage everyone to go watch the beginning of it. So, not okay. Sam Wrestling. He, it's on. Uh, it's on uh, the WWE Network. It has a version, but I used to listen to it a lot. It just has a regular podcast feed. But so anyway, it's, it, it's not on like Apple Podcasts. Like I don't know. Not I, Sam I try, Wrestling. I tried. It no, used to be. Not Sam Wrestling is, but that, like, whatever he did on the network was oh, not on there. Like, I went oh. to, I was going to listen to it the yeah. other day because I didn't have a chance to watch it. I was going to listen to it while I was at work, and he didn't have this oh. Brothers of Destruction interview on there. Oh, wow. That's weird. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll come up later. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he gets, like, first rights to it for a week or so. Who knows? But yeah. the, the opening of it is great because it's a video podcast. Well, Kane didn't know. He thought it was a call-in. So he's... He's sitting in his car, dressed up as the mayor, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought it was a call-in, so I'm sitting out here in the car." And they're on, they're on there for like an hour, hour and a half, and uh, it's just so funny, man, because Kane's like, "My bad," like, and Taker's just ripping on him, like, "Yeah, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> like, he thought it was a, <laughs> he didn't know it was a video podcast. <laughs> but Kane's in like a three-piece suit as the mayor, just sitting. He pulled his car over to the side of the road to like talk, or in a like parking spot to talk. Is it so his little that, uh, his mini car? His little bear mini car? <laughs> <there, yeah. laughs> no, it's so that's that is funny, but um, that's amazing. Again, you hear a lot of the same stuff, but Sam Roberts, he's a pretty good interviewer because he's a super fan. I know he gets a, he's annoying or whatever. Like people don't dig him, but like again, I look at him like this, man. It's like if me or you got a podcast on Dirty Network, like it's just he's a huge fan. Yeah, he, really I, uh, he has respect for the business, and he's just a fan. I, I don't like him on like the pre-shows and stuff yeah. like that, but I, I do like him. Like, I do think he's a good interviewer. Yeah, I think his podcast is good. Yeah, he tries too hard on the pre-shows to be a heel. He tries to play a character, but when he's just just Sam Roberts, he's good, and he's a good interviewer. But um, anyway, so I skipped through a lot of the first stuff because. But one thing I want to point out there is that they um. They talk about when they first started to team up in '98, during that whole uh, stuff with Austin, and then the, you know the, I guess with the, them double pinning Austin and all that stuff. So, but um, he talk about when uh, when he he felt it when when DX was beating Taker up before Royal Rumble that year, and the whole crowd was chanting Kane, Kane, Kane for him to come out. Like they said, they they both figured, oh crap, that's where the money is because mm. like they're gonna fight at Mania at 14, but like. They know there's money in them two together, so that's kind of before they feuded with Austin. Like they even felt it back in January. Like they just said they they both knew, and they're like Taker said, you know. But once we got together, you had to break us back up because honestly, like if you want to make it believable, who was going to beat us? And that's right. something that you and I have said. Right. Like yeah. we love these guys teaming up because they just wreck folks, man. And it was just awesome. So um, anyway, and then Taker says his favorite like part of the character was when he was the American BA and Kane was still a monster. Um, but they were still together like that, like when they teamed up then, um, 
and he said that one of his favorite interactions between them two was the um, I think it's No Mercy O two. When Kane, he's got the broken hand and, and mm-hmm. Kane has the Katie yeah. Bick and they sit down and he goes, so how was your week? Like Taker <laughs> says, he's just, that pre-tape, he's like, I, he's like, I almost lost it, just taping that pre-tape. Like, it was just, that was so funny to me. Yeah. So I remember us raving about it too. So anyway, those are some high spots from him, but they just talk about the normal stuff. And again, it's just, it's fun to see him cut up and, and have fun. So. Well, I do, I do want to go back and see that. Uh, that's one thing I did. I just didn't get around to Kane watching this. Week. That's hilarious, video. man. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so there's all sorts of stuff like that out there. Uh, like I said, there's probably some stuff that we missed, and you guys feel free to hit us up on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Talking Taker. Let us know uh, some of these other appearances that we missed. Um, there are some other cool things, like, uh, we, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, but Undertaker made another appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy mm-hmm. Fallon. Uh, this time he tombstoned a scarecrow instead of a uh, Brad Maddox turkey. <laughs> um, that was pretty much it. <laughs> but yeah. still cool to see Undertaker on The Tonight Show. That's still a big deal. Um, yeah. I loved this photo gallery that WWE.com put out with uh, some guys on the roster now. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Hardy, uh, Nakamura... Alexa Bliss, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, AJ Styles, uh, I think a couple other people, but they Sasha all Banks, oh Sasha Banks, yep, they were all doing cosplay of the Undertaker throughout the years, and man, I, I just it was just mm-hmm. neat. Like I don't have any cool. other words for it, but uh, Jeff like Hardy as the... gray gloves Undertaker, yeah. oh yeah, that was cool. But yeah, AJ as the like boneyard one because that's when they like that that was cool. And yeah, Jeff Hardy like he looked like he was in. I don't know, like a Tim Burton movie or something, like just the way he was dressed yeah. up. It was, it was, it was awesome. You know, he was just fanning out too. Oh, like he fanboying was. Fanboying. So. Uh, I liked Alexa Blisses for uh, different reasons, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> the uh, Undertaker also. You you can also get your own Undertaker appearance uh, for for a pretty penny. Yeah, everybody has his price, as Ted DiBiase told us on our bonus episode uh, last week, where we talked about the Undertaker's yeah. debut. Apparently, the Undertaker's price is one thousand dollars for a cameo. He did thirty cameos for thirty days of the Dead Man for a thousand dollars a pop. This man. Hustled us and made thirty thousand dollars in <laughs> an hour, maybe I mean, that it took what, to record second, these. They thirty second cameos. To a, yeah, thirty seconds to a minute. Yeah. Okay, so uh, say so let's say they're a minute and there's thirty of them. That's half an hour. <laughs> he, he made thirty thousand dollars for half an hour's worth yep. of work. <laughs> to talk about Scooby Doo and tell some kid, he, good luck on your. Spanish exam or something like that? Did you see the one he had to thank the McMahons for their, like... (laughs) Hello, Chris. I got your note. And before I thank the McMahons, I want to thank you for being such a fan. You are what makes the WWE tick. I also want to thank Vince McMahon, Linda McMahon, and the entire McMahon family. Because their vision has connected people across the world with the same common goal and same interest of sports entertainment. So McMahon family, from The Undertaker and Chris, thank you. Now, rest in peace. That was great. But dude, he is just just chilling, man. These are hilarious, dude. Yeah, they're great. 
I, uh, you know, it it is what it is, dude. It's 2020. Please tell me that Godfather didn't charge that much for mine. Oh, uh, no. He, he charged about <laughs> not even a tenth of that. Yeah. <laughs> about a thirtieth of that or something, brother. Oh, yeah. it was well worth a thousand bucks, though. No, I'll no. I'll cherish that forever. We, we missed out on that one, but, uh, you know, yeah. maybe another time. So, yeah. <laughs> that's just a glimpse at some of the, the places that Undertaker popped up. Uh, again, just so unique and and such a such an illustration of the evolution of professional wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. the evolution of the Undertaker himself. We've seen him go, uh, like we talked about on that bonus show, from this zombie, this you know monster character, where he's become completely human over the past thirty years. Finally, has has totally put that hat and those gloves aside and finally uh, become an open book in some, in, in ways that we never even expected. Um, and of course the WWE network celebrated that with, uh, a full month's worth of specials. Um, Travis, uh, I believe we started out, uh, the 30 days of the dead man with this untold special, uh, undertaker versus Randy Orton. Uh, so Untold is a series on the WWE Network. Um, you know, they have a bunch of documentary series, interview series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to really tell the differences between some of them. Some of them, yeah. Untold is supposed to be sort of ones that are not, uh, you know, maybe not the biggest stories, maybe ones that are sort of uh, a little bit under the radar. Um, and... What did you think of this one, talking about the Undertaker-Randy Orton rivalry? Well, I am a big fan of the Untold series, even though a lot of them are still kind of kayfabe-ish. They still maintain a little kayfabe um, in certain ones. But um, this, is the, this is, in my opinion, the best one to date. I mean, I just I thought it was really, really exceptional. Um, just because of the brutal honesty from both these guys. These aren't guys that are sitting there trying to entertain and and pop you know pop you when you're watching they're just being honest about what's going on. they do entertain you and they do pop you with the things they say but like <clears throat> they were just um yeah just brutally honest man i just liked it and we'll hit some highlights here in a minute but what'd you think overall i agree this was probably my favorite if you boil it down to it of these 30 days of the dead man specials because yeah. I wasn't really sure what to expect out of it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be as good and as honest as it was. Um, mm-hmm. All the things you said, plus I don't, I really do think this is a great use of this series because I don't think we hear this rivalry talked right. about as much. But it was a really a launching point for Randy Orton, and it, I mean it was a year of both these mm-hmm. guys' careers. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, some great behind-the-scenes footage in there. Um, some brutal honesty from Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah him, well, him talking about learning what... It's, the Untold starts off with him talking about, I learned what a receipt was during this 2005 feud would take it. And um, I want to save the big the big emotional stuff at the end, but like he talks about, you know... He hit him with a chair, and we, we I remember covering that, saying, man, he whacked Taker, and Taker's like face is bleeding. And um, he says backstage, Taker told him, you know, don't worry about it, but your receipt's coming. And um, not in like a bully way, just like, I gotta teach this kid the business, you know? And we see that story play out later on. You know, we, we hear about 
you know, the buildup and they kind of go back and forth in the timeline a little bit. But, um, one cool thing that, that we get here is that, um, we, before we get to the receipt, it was that we talk about, you know, Taker going down to OVW and kind of just checking out the next crop of guys coming up. And he said that, and I wrote it down as a quote, he says, for me, it's always business first. Like I want to see the new guys that are coming up because we got to produce and we got to make, we got to make money. We got to make business. So it's always business first. So I just, I thought it was really cool. Cause in Pritchard even says, you know, if, if Taker approves of you, you're good for the rest of your career. I mean, he said the rest of your career, which that's kind of what we're going to see with this receipt playing out toward the end and, and the big kind of emotional revealing spot that, that Randy has at the end. So I'll let you tell the rest of the receipt story. Oh, I mean, it, it just tells a great story uh, overall th- throughout the whole documentary. Yeah. That's part of why it's so enjoyable because they get to um, – it was the Hell in the Cell match, right? It was, yeah. it was the final match where Undertaker is able to hit him with a chair, and uh, you know he tells him before he hits him that mm-hmm. you know, remember that about that receipt, and uh, gives him a stiff ski of a chair shot, yeah, and, and gives him that payback, and you know you could just tell how much how much Randy Orton respected and appreciated that relationship with the undertaker and that rub that he got from the undertaker early on it comes through in the interviews that he gives in there um mm-hmm. he tells a very uh you know he, he, he almost you know gets teary eyed talking about uh, their WrestleMania 21 match because he he opens up yeah. about how uh, he missed the rehearsals for that match. He was yeah. supposed to uh, come in and do rehearsals for the run-in with his dad, Cowboy Bob. But he was, you know, in his twenties. He was out partying, and and he, mm-hmm. and he forgot about it. And he came in toward the very end. And Undertaker basically, you know, he uh, he didn't chew him out, but he basically mm-hmm. told him, you know, you know, here's what you need. To Here's what you need to fix. You know, don't ever let that happen again. And mm-hmm. uh, still let, still put him. You know, Undertaker won, but he still gave Randy Orton that rub. Still put yep. him over. I think he kicked out of a tombstone in that match. You know, yeah. he, he gave him a lot of stuff in that match. And Randy Orton, you know, he talked about never forgetting that and and, and, uh, yeah. and that impacting his career forever from that point. Yeah, he says, you know, I worked with Taker for a whole year, and it all started with me missing rehearsal. You know, and like he says that. His biggest, one of his biggest regrets in the business ever is, he says, letting you men down that night. And you men being his dad, uh, Johnny Ace, Mike Kyoto, Ricky Steamboat, who was uh, also helped put the match together, and then Mike, and then uh, Taker, obviously. But yeah, he said, you know, Taker could have sat him down and chewed his behind out, but he didn't. He just went to base. He learned a lot, and and just learned a lot that night. And obviously, he said, he said now he shares that kind of stuff with the, the guys in the locker room so they don't screw up because ima- imagine Pritchard I just said Pritchard said if you make it with Taker you're good for your career imagine if Taker had said that night nah you know he dis- disrespected me and he he missed it imagine dude he'd we would the, not have he'd be Luther Reigns exactly <laughs> I mean seriously that, or Muhammad be, Hassan or something yeah I mean so it just goes to show, uh, even though like Taker, it's like it's like disappointing your dad, man. You know, you don't want to do that, but like, yeah, he forgives you and, and, and lets you move on. So like, just showing that Taker had that, you know, fifteen years ago too. So it's pretty cool. I really really enjoyed that whole thing. Good stuff. 
that was all great, but the highlight for me was <laughs> Ribbon Cowboy Bob for his performance in the handicap casket match. Uh, they really they focused on his mom jeans more than anything, which was deserved. Uh, they kind of danced around how awful he was in the ring yeah. that night and how yeah. gassed he was. Um, although they, you know, he did, they did pull off that double superplex spot yeah. in that match, which was good. And that was cool. But, uh, I, I did appreciate them, uh, talking about how he had no business being out there yeah. that night. That, yeah. that, I laughed out loud during that, those parts. I don't, I don't know if mom jeans were a thing then, but I do remember they were a little baggy and it was not your typical cowboy Bob, Bob Orton Jr. Look. Yeah, jeans and shirt and everything to cover up the belly. Oh, my God, has got a triangle choke on him here. He's going to try to make work pass out. It was a little, like, you, I think you could have you could have got some tighter jeans. That, you know, I'm not, you didn't have to be nut huggers, but, I mean, come on. Help me out a little bit here. I can't be, I can't be getting beat up with you looking like you're about to go out and mow the lawn, man. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then talking about the bad disguise, and Randy Orton literally oh, says, yeah, yeah, my yeah. three-year-old daughter could have done a better job than that. <laughs> the same guy that did Eric Bischoff's That's for it, the three-minute warning, and it, it looks terrible. So I, I really yeah, that, enjoyed that, the honesty. Yeah, that was a great one, man. That The next one, the next week, was uh, meeting The Undertaker. So um looked like a lot of just kind of B-roll footage from The Last Ride or just other documentaries kind of spliced together. Nothing wrong with that. That's just fact statement of fact but really really neat this one's kind of quick if i'm not if i'm not mistaken but i think it's less than 30 minutes yeah yeah i think it is and you know we got footage of him and percy pringle and stone cold and uh you know foley says you know i was there in wcw when he was given the name mean mark you know and so uh flair talks about meeting him and um just talking about how agile he was back in the day and how he had to change that you know eventually when he got to wwe but just again it's, it's cool to hear these guys who knew him in eighty in eighty eight, eighty nine, you know, ninety before he became taker, so Well it's something I said uh I don't remember which episode, but a few weeks ago, Undertaker is like Andre the Giant in that um you know, anytime you hear a wrestler give an interview of a certain generation, people always ask them, Oh, tell me your best Andre the Giant story. And I mm-hmm. think Undertaker is going to be that mm-hmm. for another generation. People are going to be like, tell yeah. me your best Undertaker story. Tell yeah. me what it was like to share the locker room with mm-hmm. The Undertaker. I think you've got those two and probably Ric Flair. Like People yeah. people love Ric Flair stories. I think those are the three guys. Um, and that's why they have all this footage throughout the yeah. years of people talking about uh, meeting The Undertaker. Because he had such respect and such a presence in people's lives throughout the years. And... I really enjoyed towards the end as they got to the newer generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved hearing Xavier Woods talking about being part of the WrestleMania 29 entrance, being one of those hands yeah, that was cool. grabbing out, and he's in like the full red bodysuit yep. as part of one of these demons reaching out. That was really neat. I don't think I ever knew that uh, up yeah. till that point. Uh, and then I think Drew McIntyre is on there talking about um, when he first met The Undertaker. Um, is that not, is that on there? I can't remember if he's on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Talking about his tryout with Sheamus and how yeah. he was trying out and Taker was laughing on the outside. He thought he was laughing at him in the ring. So he's like, I learned a lesson that night. He said he found out later he wasn't, but 
he learned a lesson not to laugh at anything when people are trying out in the ring. So, but uh, and then he talks about the moment he had during their Extreme Rules match, which we'll yes. get to shortly here, and just how you know it, the match wasn't important as important as that moment when they come face to face. And I couldn't agree more. But um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. I, I remember Bray when Bray talks about meeting him when he was backstage yeah. as a kid. Yeah. You know, him and Bo Dallas. Um, and I think Taker spooked him and Bo kicked him in the shin and ran away. And then like That's 15 right. years later, they meet him again. First time I met The Undertaker that I can remember, I was a little kid. He came backstage and, uh, you know, Undertaker's this larger-than-life character, you know. He was all dressed up in his gear and he walked through and came up to my brother and kind of did the, the, the roll his eyes thing. And my brother got so freaked out that he kicked him in the shin and <laughs> ran and then like uh flash forward like uh i don't know 15 years later uh my brother uh and i went to a show and he just happened to be there and he, i remember he goes uh, he looks at both of us and he goes which one of you assholes is the one that kicked me in the shin <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool and um we learned that scott hall calls him big smooth so that was neat uh, Jeff Hardy talks about meeting the under faker back when they were doing their just mm. random spot shows. He met the under faker thinking it was taker, but then you realize later it was smart enough. It was Brian Lee. So he, he had to re-meet the undertaker. So he thought he met the under faker first, which that's kind of, that's, that's kind of funny. funny. To me, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then I don't want to get into everybody's thing, but big show, uh, we talked a lot about him and, and takers career and, and just there, the mentorship role Taker had to him. Well, I don't think one thing that we didn't know is that he talks about on this episode is that he met Taker before he was in WWE. Like he was in WCW still, and I think they met in like an airport or hotel or something. He said that um, Taker was chewing him out for whatever it was he did on the screen or on Nitro or pay-per-view or whatever. And they show a clip of that jacked-up powerbomb from Nash. I don't yeah. know if that is what exactly they were talking about, but good editing if not, but still – he was just basically saying he was getting chewed out for doing whatever it was. It was stupid, and that was stupid of him to do. Um, but that was pretty cool, man. And then The Rock. This is a brand. It's a new interview, my, from what I could tell, of The Rock. Um, just talking about how he's. Uh, he's. I never shared this, but when it was evident that I was being pushed to the main event, there were a lot of people backstage trying to stop that. And we pretty much know who he's talking about. But he says that Taker was not one of those people, and he told not, he told Rock not to worry about it. He said, you got a heck of a future, kid. So he said that spoke volumes of his integrity, you know, uh, because he had his back, basically. So pretty cool. It's a, it's a fun, quick uh, 25 minutes or so on the network, and, yeah, you're going to hear from such a wide variety of people. Um, so it's a, it's a great thing to pop on uh, when you've got a little bit of free time on the WWE Network and it just points to the respect and the legendary status of the dead man. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this next special called The Mortician uh, that sort of, it's it's the man behind The Undertaker. It's another, it's a guy who hasn't always gotten his due, a man by the name of Paul Bearer, a man we have celebrated throughout this podcast Golly. and who we, our appreciation of has multiplied and skyrocketed yeah. throughout the years. Um, this was fun. It's it's it felt like an old WWE DVD from like the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's more 
it's less of that style that you see on the WWE Network, mm-hmm. more of that old style, and which makes sense because, you know, uh, Paul Bear's been dead for seven years, so all, a lot of these interviews were older here. So that, again, they're repurposing a lot of this stuff. But I loved about this one how it started off with they, they had so much Percy Pringle footage, which yeah. is who Paul Bear was before he was. Paul Bear, he was Percy Pringle and the territories and all this stuff. And I don't think I ever realized before I was watching this how much of Percy Pringle was in Paul Bear. Right. How, how much he had these mannerisms and these facial expressions and, and the and how much of that character was already there before he ever got to WWF. So that was cool for me to watch yeah. during this special, to see it come together, to see it like, oh man, he, he this wasn't something he came up with in the mid nineties. He was really pulling all of this old school yeah. stuff on there. So it was really, really neat to connect the dots in that way. You know, Mr. Sully, once again, the Pringle dynasty is wrecking heaven all across form. The bottom line is, here's the belt, brother. That's the bottom line. Put the camera on my man. Put the camera on Luger. Yeah, it was that was pretty cool, man. Just seeing him with blonde hair, you know, was was pretty funny. But seeing the old footage of Texas Red and the story of how you know this is told several times throughout all these podcasts and interviews, where you know when he was when Taker was Texas Red, he didn't have a manager when he walked to the ring. Suddenly, Percy Pringle comes running down and then starts like you know he becomes his manager <laughs> at the beginning of the match. So, which is just so that's how funny things you, were back then. Yeah. And then, but you know, one thing—it's kind of sad—but the pictures of Bear when he was 500 pounds, there were, it was that was really difficult to see for me. It began how much respect we've we've grown to have for this guy, and just seeing him at his worst was really sad to see, you know. But um, the story of him and his wife is pretty pretty eye opening, and you know, he he loved his wife and kids a lot, and it was great to see the the human side of him. But uh, it overall just a great reminder of just how vital Paul Bear was to this early success and the Kane storyline, you know, he was, yeah. he was the, he's the third part of that triangle where people talk about Undertaker Kane, but Paul bear is as equal as those two in that entire storyline. He was the glue. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the center of the Oreo. Like he is, w- man. without him, it's just these two cookies against exactly. each other. He is the, uh, he is the double the stuffed. Stuff. He's the double trick. <laughs> yeah, mega stuffed <laughs> part of it, man. Um, <laughs> And such a great personality. Man, I would give anything to have started this podcast ten years ago and been able to interview him. Yeah. He just seems like the coolest guy. Um, yeah. Some, uh, you know, you, you said it was sad to see some of that footage of him, but also just so funny to see him backstage oh, too, golly, and, yeah. and just joking around and. You know, being like Chris Farley, having this yeah. chair stuck around his waist and walking around mm-hmm. with it on there. It just, oh, man. Cool to see. Yeah, Some old school pictures. Yeah, did backstage. Was, yeah. yeah. Just, just a great guy. Um, and then it was cool to see the the real-life interaction between the Brothers of Destruction on, on this special on the WWE Network. Um, and... It was cool to see, but I, but I have to say, man, this was the special I was probably most excited to mm-hmm. see, and that they had built up the most. And it wasn't bad, but I thought this one was a bit of a letdown. I agree, man. I'm glad you agree with that. I mean, I was it was so much shorter than I was ready for. Like, I was ready for, 
I was ready for at least 90 minutes, dude. Like, yes. seriously. They, like, premiered this at some film festival. So I'm thinking it's going to be, like, a full-length feature film, like 80, 90 minutes. It's, like, 45 maybe. But that being said, I really appreciate how it was shot, the professionalism in it, how it was on, like, that theater stage, like, just funny with, like, all, all the lighting and stuff. And they yeah. actually wound up hitting the microphones at the end, which is pretty funny. But, yeah, I really like that. But there were – Again, you and I study his have studied his career with a fine tooth comb. So to us, there weren't really a lot of new stories, um, but there was a lot of honesty, you know, and a lot of good discussion of the Kang character. But my my drawback from it was there's a lot of cool stuff about ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, and then from like two thousand to twenty twenty is like the last four minutes of the whole thing. It just boom goes by like that. So, and they don't even touch on the fact that Kane was fake Diesel. They go straight from Isaac Yankum to Kane. They don't. They just gloss over that fake Diesel run, you know. So I don't know, man. That was a little disappointed in that. I felt the exact same way. Yeah, it is just um, some great context of those early days between those oh, two. Yeah. Uh, but they brushed by, you know, they, their rivalry went on so much further mm-hmm. and we just covered a lot of that 2010 era stuff. Yeah. Um, it would have been really interesting to hear them talk about that more, yeah. um, talk about their tag team run. Although I think it was on this special where they, they talked about that the moment Kai with Kai and Tai, <laughs> yeah. uh, which yeah. uh, I remember we talked about on the podcast yeah. and how funny that was where uh, Taker had to teach Kane how to do the last ride on they there. They claimed it was legit. They, they did. They, they claimed he, it was a shoot. They claimed that that was a shoot, and he goofed it up. Like he just threw him too high, and he landed. So Taker had to just improvise and show him how to do it. So if that's the case, that's even extra that's even hilarious better. to me. Yeah. The one one good thing they did that they touched on the 2010 feel like I said just touched on it barely, but Kane did say that he's like you know that was the point in my career. I've been there forever, but like that's where. Your your job was you were trying to put me on the same playing field as you storyline wise. So like I finally got my wins back, you know. So, which I thought was cool because we talked about that on here. You know that that was kind of what what happened there was Kane was finally pushed as because he had been a champion in '98 for a night. So he's finally a dominant champion here in 2010. So that was cool. But again, that's about the only sentence they covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels DVD they did probably six, seven, eight years ago? When he came back and they did the sit-down? Yeah, they did the sit-down together yeah, yeah, with JR, I think. Yeah. I want that with Undertaker mm-hmm. King. I want that where they go through... I mean, it doesn't have to be every match, but no. like, spend, give me like 15 minutes on each really yep. big match and each milestone and each part of the feud and put yeah. it on a dvd put all those matches out there doesn't have to be a dvd do it on the network you know yeah i, I know nobody buys DVDs playlist. anymore yeah like yeah do, do a playlist <laughs> uh yeah like have them sit down mm-hmm. i'd love to hear them talk about each specific thing a little bit more in depth and i was kind of hoping this would be that I'll take what we can get, sure. but uh, it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. A yeah. bit of a letdown on here. Um, I agree. That being said, I was surprised how much I enjoyed a special called Break It Down on the network, which I haven't really – another done a few episodes of that. I haven't ever really watched it yeah. before. And it was only – Oh, okay. <laughs> this was only 15 minutes, and yeah. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it was probably my second favorite thing as part of this. 
it was a lot of fun because I I didn't even I don't remember this being advertised. Dude. Yeah, I just it? happened upon yeah. it. Like it was boop, it was there because I, I enjoy these for the most part because they're really just quick bites. I, I would love to see something more in depth, but again, it's 15 minutes. They usually cover about four or five matches, and uh, a lot of times it's not the big match. It's 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 random things, and that's why I like this one. They start off hot with the shotgun Saturday night match where he tombstones Taker you know, or tombstones Triple H on top of the escalator. Yeah. <laughs> he slides down so. But um, it's funny because he, he puts over Triple H and the evolution from the what he calls the fancy pants uh, to the game <laughs> to becoming the king of kings. And he just talks about how, like, you know, Triple H is, a, is an example of don't be complacent because, like, that initial character was pretty crappy, you know. And, like, and, you know, you could say that was the case for some people might say that for Taker, like, oh, this dead zombie guy has it. Like, he wasn't complacent and he elevated himself to a, a legendary status. And Triple H has done the same thing. So I really liked that him putting over his buddy Triple H. And just, just seeing that that match is pretty cool. Yeah. That was cool. And, and that is what I enjoyed about this is that it, it covered some, some great matches that don't always come up. You know, you always hear about the Hell in a Cell matches. You hear about the WrestleManias with Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. and Triple H, the Brock Lesnar match. You don't hear about the Vengeance three-way with Kurt Angle and The Rock. Yeah. Even though it's it's a fantastic mm-hmm. match. It was on our top tens for that era. Uh, but if we get to see some cool like backstage footage of them doing some promos for that. Yeah. Rock gets a cell phone call in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, during it. And he says, and this is probably correct. I don't know if we noted this on our on our on Talking Taker, but Taker says this is the last time he and Rock ever worked together. He said we may yeah. have tagged a time or two after that, but this is the last time we were opponents, which yeah. Good memory for him for that. So yeah, that's crazy, man. Eighteen years later, never touched again. So, and uh, we talk, talk about the boiler room brawl. Um, he says that Taker literally says the words, "When I went into my Shakespeare pose, Paul Bearer turned on me." So he calls Boom. it the Shakespeare pose right there. So there you it's go. It's official. It's official. It's it's in the canon. It's official. So yeah, I like that. So you know that match. It's so interesting. It it's kind of the first cinematic match in Mm -hmm. WWF history, which has become a thing here during this pandemic. And uh, it's interesting to look back at that. That, That's sort of the template in a lot of ways. With the parking lot brawl, with the Hollywood back lot brawl. I guess that was before. Yeah, that was before that. But still, both those, those were both 96, man. Yeah, those were both 96. That's crazy. Yeah, big cinematic year for WWE. They talk about the Diesel match at WrestleMania 12, uh, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed hearing them talk about too. And I just, yeah. I was surprised at the recall that Undertaker has. Like, yeah. So many matches over 30 years, but he remembered these little moments and had yeah. insight and little nuggets mm-hmm. that he had to talk about all those. So, really, really good stuff here. Uh, you can just put this one on real I think it, like I said it's under it's 15 minutes so just throw this on uh, don't miss out on this one don't skip this one folks I would like another hour of that just him Please. breaking down random crap like this you know like just you know, random stuff I would like a podcast where Undertaker went through every match in his entire <laughs> career and talked about it maybe with two guys who uh, are kind of experts on that you know it's just an idea Oh, well, we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> uh, Taker also appeared on the the bump on the WWE Network, which I have to be honest, I don't really watch. Uh, I see clips of it on Twitter and, and stuff like that, and 
I know that it's, it's popular and they do it. And I, I didn't see much of this one, but it is on there. Um, did you see much of it? I saw he surprised a couple who had no charisma, but they got married to his theme song. But they're very um, uh, their their wedding was very uh, gothic and very uh, bones and skulls and stuff. And she's apparently a big fan of Takers just from back in the day. And so they she walked down to his theme song. So they were on the bump being interviewed about that. And then he appears on there and That's she cool. is like she starts crying like she is like blown away the husband you could tell like he's a fan because she's a fan he's not the fan you know um but he was like wow you just like made her life like this isn't so that was pretty cool to see him do that but um i didn't see much of the interview of the bump i think that might i don't know if that's the one where gargano and loray were built anyway he was on the bump a a couple months ago with the last ride but yeah this was this you know, this was the Undertaker week, the, the final week or whatever. So pretty cool to have him on there again. Again, it's a show a lot of, you know, millennials or younger kids and teenagers are going to watch. So him being on that was pretty cool for them. It so. is. And then the main event. Well, not the main event. I, I, Survivor Series is the main event. We'll get to that. But uh, I, the, the main, main event of the documentaries. The main the, event of 30 Days of the Dead Man, the Broken Skull Sessions, one more round Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin going at it for over two hours. I think it's two hours and one minute long on the WWE Network. Man, this was fantastic. And I haven't even finished it yet. There's been so much stuff. I didn't even get to the last 20 minutes or so of it yet here before we had to record. But, dude, what are some of your favorite nuggets from this interview between these two guys? I I could listen to these guys chat about anything for mm-hmm. forever <laughs> i wrote two two words down on my notes i wrote that jacket oh my <laughs> god <laughs> that's it bro that's the only notes i wrote that jacket it's beautiful <laughs> it was insane what is going on with that jacket it's out of control man i was just on reddit before we started this yeah the, the guy who made that jacket Posted on Reddit and posted pictures of it Did on he? there. Yeah, uh, that's I, cool. Somehow he had, I, I don't know his connection. I, I just saw him yeah. post pictures of him making it, so that was pretty neat. Yeah. He showed the back of it. It's got like it's got oh, the XT okay. on there okay. on the there back. Of it. So he specifically made that for Taker. So he specifically wore that on there. Okay, but anyway, in all the seriousness, giant uh, lapels. Exactly, <laughs> dude. It was out of control, man. Oh. Austin's in a blue like. Arizona t-shirt, <laughs> like Union Bay t-shirt, <laughs> and Taker is in like this leather cloak lapel thing. It is out of control, man. I loved it though. It was I couldn't take my eyes off of it. But yeah, man, just watching these guys talk. Um, like you said, I could watch them talk about anything. And this one was cool because I remember after the last one, we talked about how Dad Gummy wanted so much more, and like this was cool. They got to go a little more in depth about certain things kind of to break down matches like we're talking about break down the mindset behind these things but um it was really really neat again we we could spend two hours talk breaking down this two hour thing so we don't need to do that but it's it was also cool to see over the 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 course of the two hours just how comfortable how uncomfortable taker was at first he was the last of the mohicans with kayfabe bro like he was the last one hanging on and like finally letting people behind the curtain and like you know, Austin asked him several times, like, are you cool? Are you okay with it? Are you good? Like, how do you feel? And, like, take her by the end of it. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, 
I'm glad I did it the last ride. I didn't intend for it to become what it became, but I'm glad I did because now I can do these things, you know? And so I thought that was really neat to hear the evolution of him, even in that two hour conversation <laughs> become like, okay, I'm good with it. It's probably because those five or six shots of Jack Daniels. Could be. <laughs> they started off with it on the. I think they they didn't come out till like near the end of the first interview. But right. they were Stone Cold knew to to put that out at the beginning of this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, my he put out the shots of Jack Daniels. He uh, he did not put out shots of the Undertaker wine, which uh, <clears throat> Stone Cold pronounced as Cabernet Sauvignon, which. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's like an NXT wrestler. Um, I think this is a Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, you know. Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, that... Sauvignon. <laughs> <laughs> My wife heard me laughing from the other room when he said that. <laughs> I had to rewind it and show it to her. We've been calling it that all weekend uh, ever since then. But, um, yeah, dude, it, it was cool to see him. Um, this was great. This was different from the other one because they got they went in depth on some more matches, mm-hmm. specifically like Hell in a Cell, which you know we've heard Hell in a Cell stories forever, but they really watched a good chunk of the match and, and talked about it, sort of watch along style. Both of them actually, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and they did the uh, they talked about WrestleMania fourteen, which I. I don't know if I've ever actually heard Undertaker talk about that story. It's been rumored throughout the years and, and talked about by other people. I don't remember Undertaker talking about taping his fists and you know wanting to be there for Shawn Michaels yeah. to do to do the right thing on that night. So that was pretty neat to hear. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Just again, all the in depthness, if that's even a word, was was just great. And, um, again, you can see how big a fan Austin is of the Taker character and of the guy, too, because he even says – he says in the last one – and I remember it blew both our minds. Like, he's like, you know, we we work together. We know each other, but we don't know each other that well. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, how do you guys not yeah. – you're both Texas boys. Awesome? You both love the business. But Austin says, you know, we, we kind of just – I was by myself. I kind of ran in a different circle. Obviously, they hang out and party or whatever after the show, but, like, they just weren't really best buds on the on – the, you know, on the show, which – it's so weird, but um, you get to see a lot more of the humanity of Mark Calloway in this. You know, they both talk about like the sacrifices you make in your personal relationships or your kids' relationships. You know, and you know they've asked for forgiveness, but like you got to be, you got to be selfish to be on top in this business. You know, which um, Taker says a quote. He says, "You have to be totally committed." You know, there's a lot of time I'm, I won't get back from my children, but I hope they appreciate the life it afforded them. You know. Um, I ask for forgiveness, and I'm blessed, and I hope it works out for everybody. And Austin, he never talks about his adult kids, and Taker doesn't either. But like, they both have adult children, like our age almost, you know. Like, and so it's just, uh, but just seeing them both be um, vulnerable and yeah. talking about that is it's pretty neat, you know. Yeah, it was really cool to hear. You don't hear that all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I loved hearing Undertaker talk about. The BSK and talk about yes, yes Yokozuna and tell some great stories about their friendship and talk about uh, our boy the Godfather aka <laughs> Bear, which we heard Godfather say that when we were in New York. Yes, he yes. said like uh, tell him Bear said what's up or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, we were like, yeah. what is that? Okay. And he said that on here. He said that was his nickname for him. So that was yeah. really fun to hear. Uh, we also heard 
I mean, there's some great comedy in this as Undertaker talks about Wrestler's Court, tells an incredible story. I won't spoil it. Uh, with Teddy Long and Mae Young and uh, Niagara. Uh, and uh, he tells a great story about a drinking contest on a plane with Ric Flair as he, he oh, made Ric yeah. Flair rest in peace. Uh, just some hilarious uh ribs and, and comedy stories from taker here you get the full gamut on this broken skull sessions we have uh, we talk about all the broken skull sessions on here i feel like because it seems like undertaker all, yeah, yeah he always comes up so. yeah, yeah exactly and stone gold such a fantastic interviewer who so knew good. who yeah. knew man so definitely check that one out i would say uh if you check out anything for 30 Days of Dead Man, because I know it's so much content out there. Untold. If you got, Yeah, well, if you got two hours, check out this Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. Make some time for that. Yeah. But uh, of everything else, yeah, like you said, Untold, and I would say the Break It Down thing. Those were my two mm-hmm. number one things to check out. Yeah. And just a couple more highlights from this. I don't want to spoil everything. But oh, yeah, please. Another thing, uh, it talks about, Austin talks about how you know, they talk about the champion being and being the champion. He said, you know, you had the, the title seven times, but you never required the validation, you know. And, and Taker says, which is something I think we've we've said and we felt like he says, you know, when people think of me, they don't associate me with being world champion. They associate like his career spans so much more than that. It, it encompasses so much more. He's not defined by those championship ranks. Does he have iconic championship celebration like wrestlemania you know 13 that's an iconic image you know uh just his first one obviously and just other things you know you said you imagine when you think of the gold belt in wwe you think of him you know i think of you know uh, edge or him but or batista but again um it's just it was cool to hear him say like i didn't it's not that i don't need it he's not being arrogant but it's like i don't need it you know like there are other things i could do and and that's I didn't get validated by how many titles I won, you know? So that was kind of neat. And then to hear <laughs> And he about, said, too, like, every time I was supposed to get a long reign, I got yeah. hurt. <laughs> <We're talking laughs> Which we talked now, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but do, do, do you remember who he was um, given the option to face at WrestleMania 18 besides Flair? Remember yeah, this was, a, this was a cool story. That was, yeah. That was neat. He says that Vince told him, I got two guys for you. And it's like, <laughs> first of all, he said, I don't really got your pencil in. And he goes, yeah, I see that. <laughs> it's like, everybody else has storylines going. And I got nothing. He says, I got RVD. I got Flair. And he's like, Flair. And Vince is like, what? You know, you know what RVD is like? I got, I got time to work with RVD. Like, I got plenty of time. This may be it for Flair, which, again, some people may look at him like, oh, he didn't want to go with RVD. No, 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 dude. He, he is going to be selfish. He may not get a Ric Flair match again. This may be it. So, And he had more time to, to go with RVD. They didn't cross paths much anymore. But, um, well, no, they did, actually. Yeah, they did later on, didn't they? The hardcore title? That was, was that before. Old? Before that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was actually um, before. I think they had some TV right. matches. They had some TV matches. But anyway, just like. He could have had that later on, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. I don't think I'd ever heard that he was given those two options. I know that he chose Flair, but I didn't know he had another option. Right, yeah. That was really neat to hear and just shows the respect that he has for Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, they went in-depth on that match and and kind of did a watch-along for some parts of that match, too. So that was really fun to hear. So. Highly recommend that. Great interview. The chemistry between those guys is fantastic. I could go for 
for a uh, a third round between those two guys. Yeah. Uh, give it to me once a year. Just have those two guys talk and and reconnect. It's so so yeah. entertaining. But um, good stuff about Sean on here. Good stuff about Brock and the interaction yeah. at UFC. We talked about on here. I don't want to get too far into the weeds, yeah. but that was cool. He admitted that. Yeah, I was there like to get him going, to get him back in the ring, basically. And I wanted to do some more. So that was kind of cool. And then he, he does admit that he was kind of giving a heads up to Brock a little bit beforehand. So, you know, kind of we thought that may be the case, but it was cool to hear from the horse's mouth that that was the case. So, but um, him him getting lit on fire, that was interesting. Yeah, in 2010. About that. He, that pyro guy did not last longer after that. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, just neat stuff right there. And just getting to hear him talk about all that old stuff was was fantastic. The Boneyard match was good. Just hearing him talk about that. And Austin, I love watching Austin be a fan. I love watching Austin be a fan. When they're, when they're watching Hell in a Cell 97, which, again, is one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, my opinion, the greatest Hell in a Cell match there is. It was the first one. Uh, but watching them rewatch that and Austin just loving it and loving talking about Sean and him and then talking about the Boneyard match and just seeing Austin become a fan again is so fun. And these guys are talking as fans. It's really, really cool. And, again, just puts the humanity behind these larger-than-life superstars, wrestlers that we've come to know and love throughout our childhood and adulthood, obviously. So, Yeah, man. It, that, that's one of my favorite things to see is to see these these larger-than-life characters, these guys that we look up to that, that are the guys that make us fans. It, it's, it's incredible to see them as fans. And that's what I loved going back to the Hot Ones interview here and Undertaker talk about some of the guys that he's fans of. Uh, and if we ever got the chance to talk to him, I, that's stuff I would love to ask him more about, you know, some mm-hmm. of the stuff that, that he enjoys that, that, that gets him excited. Yeah. So I was just said the way this kind of ends, I know you haven't seen the end of it yet, but it ends with the, the symbol take her, take her in front of Austin on the symbol, uh, the XT symbol, the cross or whatever, if you will. Um, and Austin asks him, you know, what is your legacy? Are you satisfied? And Taker says, you know, yes, I'm satisfied. Uh, he said, I can walk away knowing that I did things the right way, that I never had to stab anybody in the back. And I think I have the respect of my peers. And that's the biggest thing with me. And he says some more stuff I won't reveal. I'll let you guys go watch it. But that's stuff that you and I specifically mentioned last week, talking about the character of The Undertaker and the character of Mark Calloway. He didn't have to stab anybody in the back, and he has the respect of his peers and of us fans. And he goes on to talk about how he hopes the fans know what all he gave to us, like how much he put on so that we'd be entertained. And he, he reveals a lot of that in the last Ride documentary, too, and we talked about that in depth. But um, really, really cool just, to, again, that vulnerability and seeing him. And just he's a – dude, business first, man. He's such a good – he's such a good employee, man. <laughs> he's a great employee. <laughs> Seriously, man. Right. Like, employee of the century, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. not just of the year, not just of the decade, of the century, no doubt about it. And that's why he gets a 30 year anniversary farewell at Survivor Series this year. Um, you know, it's not a match. It's a it's a farewell of sorts. It's a it's a promo. It's a moment. I don't know if we'll end up doing an episode devoted to it. I, maybe right. this is our episode devoted yeah. to it. Maybe. A couple months from now when we get there, you know, who knows? Who knows what we'll get to, but um, it just happened. It was a historic moment, a landmark moment. 
uh, a moment that people have been talking about. So we have got to talk about it here tonight. So we will talk about it here. Uh, 30 years of the dead man celebrated. We've talked about how unprecedented that was. And it is the main event of this year's Survivor Series. You know, Gobbledygooker got his moment, but uh, The Undertaker is here in the main event, man. And uh, so much to talk about here. Uh, For me, I will say mixed emotions is the best way, the kindest way that I can put it here. Um, and, And we'll talk about it as we go through everything that happened, but... Gosh, man, everything that's happened in 2020, WrestleMania with no fans, all these other events that have happened with no fans, out of all of it, dude, this was the thing to me that was affected by having no fans more than anything. And it just breaks my heart that we had to do this Undertaker celebration with no fans. Um, Man, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I wasn't as quite as fully affected as some people were. I, I just, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I do dislike that there weren't fans able to be there, but I guess part of me was just like, I love the finality of it being on its 30 year anniversary. So if I, if I'd rather, I guess it, I weigh my options. I'd rather it be on its 30 year and have the piped in fan noise that is actually, it is actual fan noise. It's not from a robot, but it's from previous things. You know what I'm saying? Like it is. It's from so it is real yeah. reactions, but yeah, it's not real reactions at the same time. You know, I guess I'd rather have had it on his actual anniversary uh, without the fans than for it to have been March 10th in Worcester, Massachusetts, with a bunch of fans. I don't know. Like th- that just to me the finality of it again and again. We started this podcast saying that wrestling is like a it's like a comic book or it's like a, it's a story. We love the story, the stories that are told. Um, and I like symmetry in stories, uh, and, and when it comes to, to literary devices, so I like, you know, things beginning and ending in full circle. And so like, so just seeing that circle close on his 30th year, I guess to me, uh, was, was awesome. And I, again, having fans obviously would have been my number one choice, but I'd rather have had it on this night without them than have had some random time with a bunch of fans. So I don't know. I'm with you. I, I, I think if you go back through our three years, I think we've, we've talked about this night, this 30th year yeah. of Survivor Series and how cool it would be if they, if they did yeah. acknowledge it, if they did have him on there. So I, I, I am glad that they did. I and I'm glad that they did something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also glad just knowing that he is going to get a hall of fame induction one day and thinking about, okay, this this is not going to be the last time right. that we see the Undertaker. He he is going to get that in mm-hmm. front of fans one day. We will be back to that one day, even yeah. if it's just if if that's the last thing we see him as Hall of Fame. And maybe he doesn't come out in full gimmick and full character, but he is going to get to get that recognition from the fans. And so I right. you know I think about that and I'm like, okay, th- that is cool and that is awesome. Maybe on the uh, go home raw before that WrestleMania Hall sure. of Fame, he'll get to come out well, one more time as the taker, and then at the Hall yeah. of Fame come out as Mark Calloway. You know what I'm saying? So and knows. at WrestleMania, you know they always yeah. have the Hall of Famers come out at oh, WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so that'll be huge. Yeah. But um, let, let's talk about what happened here. Uh, it started out with the 
parade of legends, I guess you could put it. The Our parade childhood. of <laughs> I think someone someone on Twitter said the next Saudi Arabia pay-per-view lineup <laughs> came oh, out. <laughs> yeah. I know I texted you, I said basically it's raw ninety seven in the ring right now. Yeah. Or man. or nitro because of Flair and uh and big shows. <laughs> yeah. Big show, JBL, Shane McMahon um the godwins dude yeah. we got to see midian who was yes. unrecognizable yeah yikes <laughs> i don't know man um yeah. who else was out there uh jeff hardy with the coolest face paint he's ever had that insane was awesome, that was awesome. Great. you know sean hunter uh flair uh and then <laughs> Kane <laughs> brother Kane, <laughs> brother Kane comes out in his gimmick. Nobody else is in gimmick. No. And Kane comes out. Never travel without your gear, buddy. So. Dude, who pulled a rib on Kane and <laughs> he had to dust up full gear tonight? Oh, yeah, everyone else great. is in a street. I guess Godwin's. I mean, they technically you couldn't really tell yeah, they, if they're in like, their gimmick. Godfather, he just wears it anyway. So Godfather, like, yeah. yeah. Savio Vega, Savio, hadn't yeah, seen yeah, him yeah, in a yeah. long time. Uh, the Quiche, uh, Rikishi was out was there. there. No yeah. Ahmed Johnson, sadly. No Cheek. <laughs> no, no Stone Cold. I kind of thought Stone Cold would be out there. I don't know. I kind of thought Stone Cold would be there. I kind of thought that, um, oh shoot, who was it I thought was going to be out there? Yeah, I'll think of it later. Never mind. But there was somebody else I thought was kind of a, a missing, but... Um, but you know, you have people on social media too, like Jericho and and Goldust, guys that are in AEW, kind of giving sure. them shout outs all week too. But yeah, yeah, on this they night, be there. the parade of legends, all in the ring, applauding him. It was good stuff. Brother Love, yeah, he, he's in the. I'm sure he was backstage. Like, yeah, he was. Why he was there with Undertaker's debut? Like that would have been something. Or Ted DiBiase, yeah. somebody else that was there. Hmm. On night one, Bret Hart, somebody like that yeah. would have been cool to see. Uh, Maybe it was Bret Hockey Talk Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, which was great. Like, hadn't seen some of these guys in forever. Like, Savio Vega and the Godwins. When was the last time mm-hmm. we saw any of these guys? Where'd they go? Dude, that's Taker's powers, dude. <laughs> what you know, happened? It's just like when Austin uh, brought him out when we talked about our show the other week when Austin came out to hosts Raw, and then he brings out his special guest, The Undertaker, and then Austin just disappears. So, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. They just disappeared, man. It was very strange. Um, I wish they would have hung out at ringside. Like, they didn't need to be in the ring as Taker made his debut, but that no. that was what I thought of. Like, have them be at ringside, have them be clapping and chanting Cheering. Undertaker yeah. Have some real life interaction. They're already there in the building. Why sure. not just have them actually surrounding the ring and giving some life to this segment when Undertaker actually comes out there? Man, uh, I just ugh, there was so many things I, I liked and so many things that just frustrated me throughout this that that could have made it just a little bit better, a little bit more. Yeah, and I, I see that point of view too. I. I because part of me was like, when Taker finally comes out, I was like, where the heck did the rest of them go? But then as I got to watching, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad it's just him. Uh, I would have appreciated the crowd noise, but I'm glad that the focus of his last time is just him because it wasn't like a Ric Flair farewell where he retired and had a Shawn Michaels retirement or Edge or Daniel Bryan. Like, it was just like it was 
well, Daniel Bryan was just him too. But anyway, um, it was just him and it just iconic character. And he just got one last trip to around, you know, to the, to the ring by himself. But yeah, as far as noise and crowd, it would have been cool to see his peers being the ones chanting and hooping and hollering for him. But yeah, I, I agree. And so like you could also have brought out the whole roster. Mm-hmm. Like remember when Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair retired, mm-hmm. every guy came well not Shawn Michaels it was Ric Flair Ric Flair's retirement every guy yeah. came out there and stood mm-hmm. out there and clapped and applauded mm-hmm. I honestly thought they were going to do that for Taker but it didn't happen that's okay we'll move on we'll move on from what didn't happen one huge positive I thought was this video package they played beforehand Good with Metallica heavens, yeah. and then the entrance yeah, got Metallica yeah I was just saying, just the fact they had that, and it's, it's going to be on the network now. They must be licensing their music to them. So, can't use the WrestleMania 17, but we can use it here. So, I mean, WrestleMania 27, we can use it here. So, yeah, it was great. And then that, the, like you said, his actual entrance. Go ahead and take it, man. That, dude, the open, dude, I love this. Yeah, it's, I didn't, I never heard of this before, but it's called Tesla Coils. Oh, that, yeah. You knew about it? You've heard of it? Oh, that? yeah. I used to use them in science when I taught high school and stuff. And we'd go to, like, and I take my kids to the science museum and stuff. We always go to the Tesla Coils. So, love it. It's super nerdy of me, but I love that stuff, man. And just, and you can make them sing. You can make them play music and seeing them. Like, I was biology degree nerding out seeing that, dude. Like, I was science <laughs> teacher, Travis again, just nerding out seeing the Tesla Coils. So, I loved it. It was a great visual. It was a great sound effect on there. Uh, really, really neat. They they did what they could in this Thunderdome yeah. environment um, it, to make it special, to make it unique. So I did. I really enjoyed that. I appreciated that as Taker came out. You know, he gets all the smoke, all the flames, uh, all the fixins as he comes out, and uh, I enjoyed him raising up above the. Uh, yeah. The corner on a podium, uh, you know, we normally see him stand up there on the stairs and raise the lights, but mm-hmm. this time he actually raises up above that, like yeah, some that was cool. holy being. Yeah, I thought that was really, really neat, man. And yeah, just again, the production that they put into the Thunderdome, it's already impressive what they've done in these times for that, you know, say what you will about it, but the production they put into it is really, really neat. There's this top notch. And um, the way they transformed it and made it all kind of graveyard-like and purple and smoky. And uh, you could see the smoke billowing out. And then the, they're going to take it up a notch in just a minute here when Taker gets in the ring. And something else production-wise is awesome. But just seeing it all was really, really cool. And they spared no expense, as John Hammond would say, um, in Jurassic Park. So. <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't I know where to go from that. You have to, man. You have to. <laughs> Well, Undertaker, I didn't transcribe his promo. To nope. be honest, it, we kind of heard him give this promo <laughs> before. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything that that big or that dramatic. It wasn't very long. Which, as the Undertaker, he doesn't really do that. You mm-hmm. know, he's kind of short and to the point. I, I don't like being the 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 negative guy, the naysayer. But what took me out of it, man, was him having to react to these like you said they're not fake i mean they they were real chants of people saying undertaker but they're pre-recorded and him having to like stop his speech and like pretend like the undertaker chants are throwing him off and he's having to get emotional and that sort of stuff for 30 long years 
take that slow walk to this ring and have laid people to rest time and time again. just it didn't click for me I, I i know they're trying um and i don't mind the fake crowd noise i don't mind it during a match i don't mind like just the ambient noise throughout a promo or something like that but just having to pretend like there's people actually chanting undertaker it just it, it's frustrating man it, it just points to the to this uh to this, to this pandemic that we're a part of, it just reminds you how much it sucks that we're still in it eight months after the, to the fact. It just remind it, it was just so jarring to me uh, as far as a as far as this moment and took me out of it. And, and I feel like I would have enjoyed it so much more if if they didn't do that. If he if they just let him say his piece, play his music, have the fans on the video screen. Just have some fake clapping or something like that. Uh, yeah, it, it just mm, it, it fell short for me, and, and it, it frustrated me in a lot of ways. It's so funny, man, because I had the exact opposite reaction to it. Yeah. I had goosebumps, man. I yeah. was uh, blown away because to me, the way it's funny how we interpret it differently. You interpreted it as him reacting to the fake crowd noise. I did that didn't even cross my mind. Like I just to me, it was him trying not to get emotional i thought this was going to be the night he's going to break i thought he was going to break um and so i it didn't even cross my mind but you're probably right that was probably the intention was vince like okay now make sure you pause make sure you break you know make sure you, you let the let the fake fans like you're probably right i just didn't even see it that that way i saw it as um him trying to make it theatrical but also all, i saw it as mark galloway slipping through the Undertaker's cracks there, you know, and like, uh, that's a bad way to say that, but <laughs> slipping through and, you know, no, I, out. And so yeah. that's just the way I saw it. But, um, I had goosebumps. I, 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 I loved it, man. I, I thought it was the best case scenario for what we, for the time, for the cards we were dealt. I thought it was the best case scenario. And just the fact that he said like, you know, tonight I've got to let the Undertaker rest in peace that I, I got goosebumps here and that because we all knew it was coming. But um, I just I really 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 dug it, man. So no, and I, I'm not trying to belittle that, and and oh no, you know, I think that's genuine and, and, and true and real, and and I'm happy for people uh, that had that, and and I do think there was real emotion. Oh in, sure, in yeah. Taker uh, on, on on Sunday night, I think that did seep through, and that was there was some genuine parts of that. But um, for me, yeah, like I said. There were just moments of it that took me out of it that just uh, made me frustrated about about the fact that we were still at a place where we couldn't have fans there and yeah. that uh, this whole situation, you know, no political, you know, statement or anything, but just the, the whole world that we live in uh, 
took this away from from Taker and, and didn't get yeah. to have him have a, a true moment. And, and I think if there were, you know, 20,000, 30,000 fans in there, it would have been so much even more emotional. And, and oh, he really yeah. would have uh, been breaking down from mm-hmm. these genuine chants and genuine reactions from people. And like I said at the top, I hope and, and, and I remember that we're going to get that. We'll get that yep. when he goes in the Hall of Fame and we'll get some some genuine moments of that in the future. Um, so that, that gives me hope. That gives me excitement yeah. to know that he will get that proper goodbye. And um, and I'm glad that they recognized him on the 30th anniversary, that he got to yeah. have that. Even though it wasn't perfect, you right. know, they tried. They did do their best here. And uh, they did end it with a cool moment uh like you just mentioned travis uh very something that i did not see coming i did not see this coming and i just again i keep saying got goosebumps but i really did man like when when he kneels down for what taker actually says we quoted it on the show the shakespeare pose and he holds his arm up like that and then the hologram of paul bear is there holding the urn like that was just like whoo man like that just took me for an emotional ride dude just being a 34 year old who again we started episode one saying we we really really liked this character but we weren't his number one fans and now like just falling in love with the character and the guy behind it and then seeing how much paul meant to the character and then just seeing that i get that that blew me away seeing him there like that hologram i just thought it was so cool so unexpected and um was the cherry on top of this night for me. It was just so, so neat, man. And nobody came out. There was no angle. No, Nobody came out interrupting. Got a choke slam one last time. It was just Taker closing the book on his story with the guy who uh, was so vital to, to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love that Paul Bear got to be a part yeah. of that. You know, if he, if he were still here... Uh, alive, he would have been a part of that, and mm-hmm. would have been got got to be part of the special moment. So it was really cool. I'm sure Undertaker, whether or not that was his idea, you know, he he approved that. You know, he he yeah. wanted to have that be a part of that moment, and and it was awesome to have him give that mm-hmm. respect and to recognize how integral that character is yeah. those two characters that go hand in hand more than anything so that was really special really touching moment so that was a really uh great way you know i may have my my disagreements and my negative thoughts about it but that was a special way to end things and undertaker walks out he gets to pose he gets to have his one yeah. last moment in there and we will see the undertaker again whether it's the hall of fame whether it's a you know whether he gets Break in case of emergency glass. Undertaker comes out at a WrestleMania a couple of years from now, or maybe this year, maybe in March. Maybe they decide they want to have him face the Fiend or something like that. We will see the Undertaker again in some way, shape, or form. But this was a cool, symbolic way. 30 years to the fact. When has that ever happened? It hasn't. Right. Exactly. For him to put a bookend on this character. So, um, like I said, mixed emotions for me, for you, goosebumps in a special moment. Yeah, uh, I love. Yeah, and for so many I, of I our fans, it doesn't yeah. mean that I. It doesn't mean I didn't want more. Obviously, I did. I just, yeah, um, of course. I don't know, man. I, it just it hit me in all the right feels that night. So I could go back and watch it again and be like, ugh, man, come on. But um, and you know, we we mentioned on this podcast. I think I think we recorded that part, but I was talking about how Jr. mentioned on his podcast that. 
he believes that Taker should have his own Hall of Fame. Like, he should be the only one, like Andre was for the first one, you know? Like, we, and we talked about that, I believe, on the show. Didn't we discuss that? How, that was a cool we idea. We did. Like, yeah. Yeah. JR said, you know, whenever he goes to Hall of Fame, it should just be Undertaker Hall of Fame night. And, like, you, dude, that is, that is one of the best, especially with regards to COVID and not being able to have fans. If they just have a whole freaking night, it's just Undertaker's Hall of Fame. Have story after story after story, fans there to hear. Like, that would be epic. It would make up a little bit for what we lost uh, at, at Survivor Series this year, you know? Honestly, after this month, it would not surprise me. Like, Yeah, you're right. I, I, I love that idea, but I, I probably thought, man, eh, I don't know if they'll ever do it. But after this month and seeing yeah. how much <laughs> yeah. they poured into them, yeah, yeah, sure. Do a whole, whole night. If anything... Do Undertaker and Kane. You could do them both. Sure. And do a Brothers of Destruction and, and, and induct both of them in there. I mean, you, if you feel like you can't just do one person uh, on there, I mean, you could tell stories about both of these guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love that. I would love to see that. And, uh, man, a- any other final thoughts on this 30 Days of the Dead Man that we've uh, got to cover and got to experience? Uh, just great stuff. We man, we we dug in deep here, man. I didn't think it's gonna be as long as it is, but uh, with so much to talk about, so much meat on the bone, so much more meat on the bone. You guys can go dig in and, and watch yourself and listen yourself to other things, and let us know if we missed something, some appearances we missed. But um, just uh, again that that quote he said about just wanting to make sure the fans know that you know, even if he felt bad, you know, we wouldn't have known it because he came out and gave us his all, you know, and uh, just he hopes that we fans know how much he cared that we're the ones that carried him through everything. Like hearing a 50, whatever, seven year old guy, however old he is say that is, is humbling as a fan to me. Cause like, he doesn't owe me anything. We talked about that on here. Like he doesn't owe us anything anymore. Like we owe it all to him because we're thankful for what he's done, but like, he's just as humble and grateful as we are. And that's just really cool to see. And again, just what a great career. And we're not done yet. I'm talking taker. We got more to go. <laughs> no doubt about it. My friend, uh, we are humbled and thankful for all of you guys out there yeah. listening to us talk about The Undertaker and talk about this legacy. We want to hear your thoughts, your reactions to the Survivor Series 30 celebration. Uh, were you feeling it more like Travis? Were you feeling it more like me? Were you somewhere in between? Let us know at Talking Taker on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Tell us about your favorite special on the WWE Network. Tell us about your favorite merchandise item. Tell us about your favorite appearance by the dead man outside the WWE. We want to hear all about it. And uh, we will keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride as we get back into our normal swing of things. This encyclopedic exploration (laughs) of every Undertaker pay-per-view match. We've taken uh, a few episodes off. Uh, We hit you with a special watch-along with our brothers from the Bottom Line Wrestling cast. Uh, Probably our last time joining up with those two guys on our end over here for the uh, highest rated match in the Undertaker's career, most watched match of the Undertaker's career. That was a very fun one last week. Yeah. And then uh, we gave you a bonus show on the 30th anniversary of the Undertaker as Travis and I did a watch along of his debut match, a very fun, uh, short little bonus episode in your podcast feed. Go check that out if you missed it. But next week, we will get back to the timeline of The Undertaker with WrestleMania 32, a match I definitely never thought 
would ever happen at WrestleMania. <laughs> Undertaker versus Shane McMahon. Hell in a cell. Exactly. Never thought Wowzers. we'd get that. Yeah. We're, we got a lot to talk about there. And just yes, the convoluted storyline and the way it <laughs> just happens. And it just is. We're just doing it, guys. We're, we're doing, doing it. it. The, biggest, <laughs> the biggest crowd in WWE history yeah. and WrestleMania history there. So that'll be fun to talk about. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, just a (laughs) – I got to give a shout-out to our boy Jeremy Bagley. Uh, I put on there – I asked people their favorite appearance from The Undertaker over the past 30 years – or or over the past 30 days. And uh, he said, when he taxidermied events. And (laughs) put a picture of Vincent Mann from Survivor Series. Uh, We did not talk about that, but – Vince was not looking great on Sunday night. No. Who we, man. He I haven't seen rough. him in a while. I'll tell you what, though. It was cool to see Vince out there. That, it that's, was special. Yeah. That's special, man. That's special. Because it wasn't a storyline. Him out there getting headbutted by KO. Like, this was this was legit, dude. And uh, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, he looks, <laughs> he looks rough. He, looks he sounded rough, too. Rough. Sounds rough. Yeah. Tom's, uh, Tom's undefeated father tom's undefeated even father vincent, is man, undefeated. Even vincent right. man can't defeat father tom brother <laughs> oh man uh we want to send a uh, streak <laughs> well we want to send some love out to our boy randy turco as well uh he had a uh, had a loss in his family recently uh we want to let him know that we are thinking about him and praying for him uh, our big our big buddy our big friend our big fan and yeah. uh yeah man I, I don't have any other comments any other things uh we're uh just be sure to follow us before to check be sure to check us out on tpublic.com pick up the merch and uh man this was a fun one travis i, I enjoyed talking about all this with you Absolutely, this was a blast again. A lot more than I thought we'd get to. I, I love it, man. I love. It. We could do this for hours. It's a lot of fun. But we'll get back to the normal task at hand next week. So um, I can't really say if you were there for this one because uh, there was. Well, yeah, if you were there in the Thunderdome when he walked off to the sunset, if anyone's listening, do let us know. I tried. I tried to get in there. I didn't get it. I tried too, man. I tried. I try every week now, and I, every time I click on it to get registered, it's like it's already closed. There's some like cave dwellers just sitting at home waiting for that email to pop up bro and they just hop on it every single week i can't get it so i got it on the first week with the, with the trial run but i haven't been on since so but anyway um yeah let us know your thoughts in 30 days of dead man 30 years of dead man and uh keep rolling with us again we're not the story's not over on talking taker um so we're going to keep rolling and hit next week with a crazy match uh crazy yeah just craziness just stay tuned and uh, other than that ladies and gentlemen uh we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoyed our bonus episode. Uh, good for you. Go grab some merch. And most importantly, take her easy. When this guy debuts, when this guy debuts, I almost dropped the action figure what up, of hey my childhood yeah, hero, yeah, John Cena. <laughs> oh, you had a John Cena action figure back in the early 90s. Yeah, but you couldn't see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you just say what's up? Yeah. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> hey, look out, look out. Hey, what's up? Enough, stay back. What you doing here? Yeah. Look out. Oh, oh, hey, my. come on, guys. Come oh, on. Hey. Oh, we got a new champ. Wait a minute. No, wait. Wait, did that? Is that, is that a one, two, three? <laughs> the goblin. It's a 
Good for the nose. Yes. Double gobble, 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 baby. He's got the title. He just, oh. 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 He just said gobble, gobble, baby. <laughs> when I catch you. He fell flat on his beak. <laughs> when I catch you, I'm going to make you extra crispy. <laughs> what is happening? One of his feet fell off. <laughs>